At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter, Isuda Upadea, Ole Miss Spirit contributor and other things. We're celebrating still a couple days later. The Atlanta Braves are World Series champions. Bradley Sal and I were supposed to record on Wednesday night, and then he got caught up watching Spencer Rattler in some show on Netflix, and then we were going to record this morning, and my daughter got sick. So Sudo's filling in for Bradley Sal. Brad will be back on the Blue Delta Jeans postgame show after Liberty, which I just don't have a good feeling about at all. Not to say almost is going to lose. But Ole Miss is banged up, and we'll talk about that. Then Mike Clement, Ole Miss baseball hitting coach, good friend of the pod. He's coming back in just a little bit on the Modern Woman phone line. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of on3.com. Hey, Sudo. Benjamin, what's up, baby? Go Braves. You excited? You still haven't found me a paper. I have been a, a man on a mission the last couple of days because uh, I know, obviously, you've been a Braves fan your whole life. I moved here, what, two years ago and kind of adopted them since I never had a team. And That's I got to say, Ben, I think I brought in the luck because, uh, you know, within two years of me becoming a fan, they're World Series champions. That's not true. You didn't bring them anything. <laughs> but I do appreciate your narcissism. That, that kind of tracks. Know. That's own brand with Suda Upadea that you would yeah. think. It's me. I'm the reason why the Braves won. Good for you. Hey, you cling to that right now if you need to. I just need you to do one thing for me. One thing. Give me a paper. I know. We're working on it, man. We're working on it. It's it's truly remarkable, Ben, because, you know, I live a little outside of, like, the actual city of Atlanta. I'm, like, 25 minutes. So I had to, uh, you know, checked in my neighborhood, checked in the neighborhoods around me, went into the city. It's dang near impossible to find one. I don't know how these people are getting their hands on them. They're getting up there right when the newspapers are delivered to the store. What time is that? Like 5 a.m.? What when do they deliver newspapers? 5.30. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've missed the mark by a few hours. Yeah. That's what I told you last night. 
I set a six o'clock alarm, woke up at seven. I was still out there kind of early. Just uh, it, it's it's funny though because you, you check the AJC's website and you see what they're tweeting and they're talking about Kroger's, Publix, racetracks, quick trips. You know, you go to some of these places, they're like, "Oh, we haven't we haven't gotten the paper since yesterday, or we haven't gotten the paper since before they won the World Series." So I, you know, I don't know what's going on, but I am getting up pretty early tomorrow to um, okay. hit this spot that should work before the before the before the parade. So you just stay on that. Uh, you just stay on that. It, I'm a, I'm telling you, I'm a man on a mission, man. I'm making calls. I'm trying to get in touch with connected people. It, haven't gotten lucky yet, but I I do believe tomorrow I'll be able to get my hands on a few. All right, I gotta have one. The Braves are World Series champions, and it still doesn't seem real to me. What does seem real is that Ole Miss and Liberty play on Saturday at 11 a.m. I do appreciate pretty much everybody on the beat. Chuck did do an interview with him, but pretty much everybody on the beat avoided the Hugh Freeze story this week. Just wait until you see my preview, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> did you really? Did you go about all about oh, Hugh Freeze or something? I don't Why? No, no, it's not all about Hugh Freeze. Obviously, it mentions Hugh Freeze. That's a storyline coming into the week. You know, I, I touch all the storylines. I guess I'm also doing exactly what I said I wouldn't do, and that's talk about Hugh Freeze. It's not about Hugh Freeze. I just don't feel good about the Liberty game. It has nothing to do with Ole Miss losing to Auburn. Same kind of feeling I had going into Memphis when you told me, oh, no, Ben, no. Ole Miss is going to beat the crap out of Memphis. Even if Memphis plays its very best game, Ole Miss at its worst is better than Memphis. You know whose fault that was, Ben? You know who lost Ole Miss that game? Hugh Freaks. Wait, so if you are responsible for the Braves winning a World Series, yeah, you don't get to be absolved for Ole Miss losing at oh, Memphis oh. that year. Oh, dude, uh, Ole Miss won a Sugar Bowl when I was in school, so that, that still continues. They had the most successful run of in, in recent years when I was in college, so that theory does apply for Ole Miss as well. My freshman year at Ole Miss <laughs> was the year after Eli led them to the Cotton Bowl as a senior. And that yeah. meant losing to Wyoming and winning four games and David Cutcliffe being fired in my freshman year. And then I got Ed yep. Orgeron for three. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Benny. I should have been in school with you, man. We would have been celebrating uh, wins on wins, but it's okay. Yeah. You got to, you, you got to see it. You got to cover that sugar bowl, but back to, back to that Memphis game a few years ago. You're right. And listen, I can understand your point, but I think it's just different this time, Ben. Like it's, this isn't the same by the way, that Memphis team was very talented. Uh, you know, Justin Fuente, say what you want about him now. Also, you know, very respected at the time. Um, you know, I just think top to bottom, it was a better team than the this Liberty team Ole Miss is facing on Saturday. All right, make me feel better then. Because I do think if Ole Miss at full health was playing Liberty on Saturday, Ole Miss would beat the crap out of Liberty. I do believe that. But I know that Ole Miss is dealing with a lot of injuries. Lane Kiffin said nine of 11 starters or that started the year yep. as starters on offense, didn't practice this week. Now, do I think some of that is little gamesmanship? Yes. Ole Miss is banged up. And even the guys that do play, Matt Corral, Braylon Sanders might give it a go. Dontario Drummond is going to try to give it a go. Those guys are still banged up. So Ole Miss is not at full strength, even with guys that do play through it. He said two or three of those nine that are missing can play through it. I think it might be a little bit more than that. Hugh Freeze, say what you will about him, and there's a lot you can say about him. We would all agree he's a really good big game coach. And this is going to be their Super Bowl. Ole Miss is coming off a tough loss, and it's banged up. I don't know. It just doesn't have the recipe of, oh, Ben, yeah. Ole Miss is going to beat the crap out of Liberty. 
Do you remember when I called this game a, a potential trap game back in the summer? You were like, you you wouldn't even give it time of day. And now I feel like we flip-flopped on that. Well, it's like different. I, it's different now because Ole Miss is banged yeah. up. That's the only reason why. Convince me. Even with that. Even with that. Listen, I, I, the key to this game, right? You're going to hear this all week. You've probably already heard it. You know this from covering this team. The key is going to be to run the dang football, right? Liberty has given up over 200 yards the last couple of weeks to North Texas and UMass, man. They won both of those games, still gave up over 200 yards on the ground. With Ole Miss's talent, look, and it's not like, you know, we're not going to be able to move the ball down the field at all, you know, with Matt Corral. He did it even after he came back. Obviously, some throws are off. The, the, the ankles are – obviously, he can't plant the same way. But, you know, you saw the way a guy like Ja'Core Pearson stepped up against an SEC defense. Do you not think that – Guy like these backup guys can handle themselves against Liberty, and people know. will look at Liberty. L- listen, this is going to sound kind of bad if you're an Ole Miss fan. You're going to be like, "Oh no, Liberty is currently ranked tenth in the nation for total defense." Right? So a lot of people are like, "Oh God, they're the tenth ranked defense in the nation." But you also got to look at who they're playing against, and the teams that are worth anything. Syracuse, I guess you could say, is worth something. They lost to uh, Louisiana Monroe. Do we consider that a? I mean. I guess some, somewhat good, right? Um, but outside of that, man, they're playing teams like Troy and Old Dominion and UAB and MTSU. So it's it's just going to be different with an SEC roster. And I watched Hugh Freeze's press conference, by the way. I wanted to see what he was say, saying. Oh, how and was you that? Could just, I mean, it's just Hugh. It's just Hugh Freeze, man. It's Nothing's changed. You know, it's still you down the same. You love him. That's your guy. Uh, you sure. Sure. Yeah, this is my guy. Uh, he he blessed me one time on Twitter. So you know, I'll, I'll blesses a lot of people. Yeah, um, but you know, I, listen. He he sounds a little worried about the depth. That didn't sound like the this the kind of Hugh Freeze that like goes into going into Bama week. You know, you say the coach speak things. Oh, we got our work cut out for us. You know, they're a very talented team. All that, but he like he he sounded like he knew he was outmatched despite all the injuries. You're doing um, it again. You're doing gonna, it again. I know. I History know. is repeating say. itself. I just cannot sit here and say that this Liberty team, top to bottom, is just as talented as that Memphis team was that beat Ole Miss. That Memphis team that beat Ole Miss, they had multiple draft picks. Yes. This Liberty team, it's it's Malik Willis and everybody else. Let me make this that, very clear. I think Ole Miss is going to beat Liberty, and I don't think it's going to be particularly close. Okay. It's just the same looming sense of dread that I had going into the Memphis game that I have going into the Liberty game, because if it goes sideways and the end result, a loss for Ole Miss would be catastrophic. Oh, I mean, I'm not, I don't feel particularly amazing about, you know, watching a game where I'm not sweating. Like I, I think Malik Willis is going to make it interesting. Yeah. Uh, But I also see this as an opportunity for guys like Sam Williams and Chance Campbell and these guys to just finally get a game where I I think they're just going to kind of, you know, it's going to be a big performance for them. That's how I feel against a, an, an inferior offensive line. Like Sam Williams should eat in this game. Like he should have multiple sacks. Guys like Chance Campbell should play really well. I mean, just these are the games that you can maybe pad some stats, in my opinion, because you, you just you're so used to facing these elite defenses or offenses rather week in, week out in the SEC. And, and I'm, not, I'm not taking anything away from Malik Willis. Like, I think he will make it a close game. But I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't look at this Liberty team the same way I did coming into the okay. season. And I don't even think it's it's comparable to the one from a year ago. All right. I'll take your word for it for the second <laughs> time. 
not just publicly, but privately, this staff, they just don't talk about injuries in the very forthcoming way, which I completely get. I'm cool with it. I'm not complaining at all. They are banged up. Matt Crow's banged up. Braylon Sanders is banged up. The Ontario Drummond's banged up. It's a lot to deal with, which brings you to the question of, okay, if the Ontario Drummond and Braylon Sanders and Jonathan Mingo aren't playing or if they're limited, where is Braylon Brown? Where is J.J. Henry? Where is Brandon Buckhalter? Yeah, Jacor Pearson played well at Auburn, career high day, both catches and receiving yards. But outside of him, you're just not seeing it from John Rice Plumley. You're not really seeing it from Quay Davis. Where is he? Jaden Jackson's gotten a run, and he hadn't done really anything with it. So why not see the freshmen, see what they got? And Lane Kiffin said they're simplifying it. And there's been some criticism on my board and probably elsewhere, too, about Derek Nix. It's his fault. You can't say that because Derek Nix, if you think about it, and I'm not defending any one person here because I don't really have that much of a relationship with Derek. I know Derek. We know each other, but I don't talk to Derek or anything like that. To defend him here, Dontario Drummond is significantly better from last year to this year. He took a significant jump replacing Elijah Moore. Jonathan Mingo took a significant jump from last year to this year. How can you say it's Derek Nix's fault that these true freshmen aren't ready and then not give him any credit for Jonathan Mingo or Jacor Pearson or Dontario Drummond? Should we be concerned then about those true freshmen? Is there a point of concern for them? Because if there is, well, now I look around and start questioning everything about that recruiting class last year because, what, six players from that class are playing? Where's MJ Daniels? Where's Markevious Brown? They love these guys in either the spring or in fall camp, and they're not playing. And another thing about Derek Nix, Miles Battle went over there, and in four days he could pick up the system, and these freshmen can't? Miles Battle, yeah, I'll step in, and he can pick it up after playing defensive back all year, and he gets in in games playing wide receiver. It's more of an indictment on the freshman wide receiver than I think Derek Nix. Because if they could play, they'd play because they love Braylon Brown, they say. They love J.J. Henry and Brandon Buckhalter. Well, now they need to play, and they're not. Dennis Jackson's playing, and he's not doing anything. Jaden Jackson's playing, he's not doing anything. John Rice, he's not doing anything. I don't know. Yeah, it's that, that's that been the biggest surprise to me. I, I just I saw those flashes in the bowl game from John Rice and thought, you know, he was, he was putting it together. But he doesn't um, look like a wide receiver. He doesn't. No, he really doesn't. He doesn't. And – I don't know, you know, what his future is going to be in, in football, but if, if it's any future, man, I think it's going to have to be some kind of just a gadget role because um, he didn't really break out the way I thought he would because we talked about this. Well, the here's season, the like, thing, though. Here's the thing with John Rice. This is Talk of Champions. We'll get right back to Suda Upadeo with Mike Clement, Ole Miss baseball hitting coach coming up on the Modern Women phone line after I tell you about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. But when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted. Well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you. 
so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuel Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuel's Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuel's Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard, that's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays, you can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. He's got two options. Well, three options. He's playing wide receiver, so he's got three options. The second option is to leave and go play quarterback somewhere. Navy, Southern Miss, I don't know, some gadgety place where he can just run. or he could move to defensive back. Georgia was trying to recruit him as a defensive back. Every other school that wasn't recruiting the quarterback, which was like two schools, including Ole Miss, was recruiting the quarterback, was recruiting them to defensive back. Are we so sure the other schools weren't right? I actually don't disagree with that. And uh, I think that's why I, I remember back in the day when Oregon was at its peak. I mean, they still are pretty good. But I remember there'd be a lot of uh, things in recruiting where, you know, schools like Georgia, Alabama would recruit these kids that would end up going to Oregon to play defensive back or safety because of their speed. And you need that in the SEC, but they would go out to Oregon where they promised them to play on offense. Um, and even back then, I used to look at certain guys and go, man, that guy'd be really good on defense. I wish that guy played defense. I yeah. don't disagree with you there on John Rice. He has the speed. He can match up with all these guys. He's fairly physical. When he used to run the ball, he wasn't really that shy of getting hit. Um, I could see a future for him there, but I mean, is, is it going to be at Ole Miss? I don't know. Um, and it's too late to even talk, talk about that with him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. dude, you know, who's been great has been Casey Kelly. I know he doesn't block well, but man, he's, he's become a, he's become a weapon in the passing game. I guess you lean on him a little bit more. You do. Um, you know, Jacord has to keep on playing this the way he did last week. We can't have any of those Tennessee moments because he's always in the right spots. It seems like it was just that game in particular, he was dropping balls redeemed himself i guess against auburn and i think against liberty those guys will be okay like a guy like dennis jackson or a Jaden jackson like against liberty they should be fine based on All what right. i've seen i'll take your word for it you know what i mean like i'll take your it, word I just, for it I, I know it's always tough in these games when when there's like more to it than just a typical like matchup because there is a you know i'm sure Hugh's saving up some stuff for this game and i know oh, his yeah. locker room speech before the game is going to fire these guys up we're going to you know play I mean? for love. Like, love. That sounds more like Matt Luke, though. Was Freeze the love guy? I don't know. Blessings. <laughs> I don't even know what voices is. That feels Matt Luke to me. But, you know, he's going to have him fired up, and it's going to feel a little different. And I know Ole Miss is 
badly injured. But the only thing Wilson I really bent. remember as far as coaches kind of mantra stuff is Houston yep. Nuts one heartbeat. God. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember the best way to spell fun is W I N? Yeah. That? Yeah. And you don't have to be blood <laughs> to be family. That was Matt Luke. What did Freeze say? That's Matt Luke. Love that one. Freeze, uh, win the day. What else did he oh, say? Oh, yeah. He uh, stole that from Oregon. Do you remember win the day? Yeah. 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 He did. I like um, win the day, though. That's pretty good. Win the day was great. Because we were, you know, we were actually winning back then, winning recruiting. And oh, we were. What sense. were you doing to help contribute to those wins? Until we it were. fell apart. We were showing up. Oh, okay. I was actually we working for the athletics department at oh, the time, okay. Ben. So I, I can. I You're can not a start. part of the team. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It was in the department, man. I was. I was a part okay. of the staff. You know. All right, we'll pretend so, like that matters. Uh, um, yeah. All right, I'm going to take your word for it. Ole Miss beats up on I, Liberty. It's still though a bummer if you're Ole Miss because they were headed towards being in the playoff if they kept winning games. They were headed that way. It's just the same thing that happened Eli's senior year with LSU. Same thing that happened when Laquan got hurt. Every opportunity, they've been right there, right there on the precipice. And then what happens? Something catastrophic for Ole Miss, this Ole Miss team. Myriad injuries on the offensive side of the ball, the one side of the ball that they couldn't have injuries. Yeah, it's it's remarkable how that's only – I mean, thank God it's only affected the offense because the defense can't lose anybody. Um, but it's just crazy how many guys on offense, how many key players have been hurt and just the, the ways that they've been hurt. You oh. know, it's just been remarkable. Losing Ben Brown on a bicep, you yeah. know, or like a, a bicep tear for Alabama. Like mm-hmm. it's just Caleb Warren's got has torn ligaments in his ankle. Ben Brown has a torn bicep. He's out for the year and they try to bring Caleb Warren back, but he's not ready. That's the concern yeah. as well. Because there are some other considerations here for Lane Kiffin for these players. Braylon Sanders, he's considering his NFL future. So he does have to get back, but if you rush yourself back and put bad tape out there, well, then you're really jeopardizing your chances as far as an NFL future. That's where the concern is for him. I don't know what is going to happen on Saturday as far as what they run out there. I do know this. If there was ever a time to try those freshman wide receivers, like Braylon Brown or Brandon Buckhalter or J.J. Henry, why not against Liberty? That would seem to be the best time to run them out there. This is the game for that. So while they yep. might be behind, or Miles Battle could go over there and for four days pick it up, they might be a little bit behind, or they might not understand it fully. We'll simplify it for them. Because if Ole Miss is, as you said, leaps and bounds talent-wise better than Liberty, and we include in that those freshman wide receivers, then you should be able to simplify it, run a basic package, and beat the crap out of them. Listen, I don't know about beat the crap out of, but I do think. Oh, you know, oh, you started do, to tear a little bit. I never said beat the crap out. I mean, but what does that mean though? Like ten points, fourteen points. Like I think, I think that's about what I expect. Ten to fourteen point win. What score do you um, have in mind right now? Man, I think it's going to be like a. I don't think Ole Miss is putting up more than like thirty something points. So like, I don't know, thirty-seven to twenty-one type. You know what I mean? Like they'll score. Liberty's going to score. I think. Yeah. What I'm the most intriguing part of this, and I think the key for me personally is the matchup between Ole Miss's defensive line and their offensive line. Like I just, I, I just think Sam Williams is going to eat this. This, this should right, be give a me game a score. Just, give me a final score. Just put your name on a score. Thirty-seven twenty-one. Is that what you're going 30, with? Thirty-seven twenty-one. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, All right. That seems like a reasonable score because Ole Miss. I mean, like that that offense just hasn't been able to you know be the same thing it was earlier in the season. So I'm not going to predict like you know, 50, 60 points. It could happen, I guess, but I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, suggest that with all the injuries. But I think they're capable of scoring like 30 points, over 30 points for sure. Yeah. As long as two's playing, 
you got a chance and you should win. Yep. But these freshman wide receivers, it's not Derek Nix's fault. If you're not going to give him credit for the improvement of other guys, then you can't blame him because the freshman wide receivers aren't ready. Because it's not just the freshman wide receivers that aren't playing. The freshman defensive players aren't playing either. Only a few of them. Tysheem Johnson's playing. He's been great. But NJ Daniels, they love him. He's not playing. Markevious Brown, he's not playing. There are a lot of guys that aren't playing. Quay Davis, he's not playing. And he's a Juco. Where's Mark Britt? They loved him. Yeah, yeah. Mark Britt's another one. There are some questions about why these freshmen aren't making impacts, especially when you have these injuries. Because, yes, they do have depth issues. But that class last year was, as far as rankings and player rankings, all that stuff, team rankings, exactly what you wanted. And they're not helping you out. Yeah, I think uh, best best case is going to be to go up a couple scores and then throw them in. I, at some point, like you said, you kind of have to. Just kind of settle in and coast. Just get up 14 to nothing and drain yeah. the clock. Almost can't do that. Almost doesn't play I that know. way. They got to play fast. But that's what I'm saying. Maybe maybe if you get up a couple scores, you feel a little more comfortable putting those guys in and seeing what they can give you. You're going to need to, though, because you, you got tough games coming up. A&M is going to be tough. Mississippi State is going to be tough. Vandy is maybe the only other one that I sit here and go, okay, you know, you might be able to coast through that one, but um, you got some tough games left. So yeah, get those guys in action, uh, see what they can give you. And maybe they can, you know, be, be some factors uh, in, in some games moving forward. I well, agree that's why I have significant pause about Lane Kiffin being gone in December. A lot of people say, oh, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. To where? LSU? If Florida's firing Dan Mullen, which I don't think they are this year, but if they're firing Dan Mullen, who wins eight games, you're saying we're competing for championships, right? Now, right. Lane Kiffin is awesome. The best thing that's happened to Ole Miss in, God, I don't know how long. I hope he stays here forever. He's great for not only the on-field product, but for business as well. It's great. He's the best. But what does he want? What does he really want? I'm not knocking him. But if you're Florida, you're firing Dan Mullen at eight wins to go hire a championship coach, to take a big swing for a championship like a Lincoln Riley. Is Lane Kiffin that for you? If he wins nine games at Ole Miss this year, you're firing an eight-win coach to hire a nine-win coach who hasn't won or been in the championship conversation yet? LSU, same thing. Now, Miami makes sense. Do I think you pursue those schools like Florida and LSU? Of course he would because he's always going to flirt. But if you're That's those the schools, thing, if you're the decision makers for those schools, does it make sense? Miami, it does make sense. Because Miami, you're trying to be relevant again. Truly relevant on the national stage. Lane Kiffin in Miami would. is relevant. But the problem is... What has Lane Kiffin been talking about all year? Attendance, the atmosphere. Miami has, what, 20,000 fans in attendance for every game? And that's even when they're yeah, good. It's not, it's not great. It's, not it's great a brand, them. but they don't pack it out. They never pack it out, even when they're good. And they're paying Manny Diaz, what, $3 million? If Ole Miss says, we're going to pay you five and a half, which Ole Miss would easily do. You really think he's going to take a $2.5 million pay cut to go to Miami? Well, they, no, whoever gets him is going to have to, one, they're going to have to pay him. And two, it's going to have to be a program that, you know, I, that well, you tell can me that program. Tell me that program. Cause it's not Florida. Florida's not firing Dan Mullen at eight wins to hire a nine win Lane Kiffin. I don't think that that's going to, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. I'm just, in my head, I, I never, I haven't really thought of Lane really leaving at the end of this year. Like I, I haven't faced that as reality, but I do know there are certain programs that have offered, you know, Yes. a good amount of money he would take, right? LSU, anyone, like, as much as Ole Miss fans hate LSU, like it's it, you, it's damn near like you get there and you can win a national title. And this is based on the past three coaches. Like it is one of the top, if not the top 
program. Ed Orgeron won a national championship. Ed Orgeron won a Ed national o. championship. Les Miles. I mean, these are guys that aren't even respected anymore, and they have national titles. So, like, True. I get it. I get LSU. I don't think Lane's going to be their hire. Like, I, I, I'm with you. I think they're going to go for someone a bigger name. Um, but that would be a job I could see him taking. I could see him taking a Florida job. I don't know if Florida's going to offer it to him. Well, but if I could Dan see Mullen him take fired, it. I know he would want it. Right. That's not the point I'm making here. If you're Florida, you're, you're speaking from the school's perspective. You're why saying are you hiring Lane Kip? It doesn't make sense. He's no. perfect for Ole Miss. I hope he's the head coach forever at Ole Miss, for Christ's sake. I agree. But it's just different if you think about it from the school's perspective. Take off your right. red and blue glasses and your love for Lane Kiffin and think about it objectively. And you're terrified of Florida and you're terrified of LSU if they came after Lane Kiffin, but why would they? And I'm not knocking Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is awesome. But if you're Florida, that's not the big swing because the on-field results aren't what you're getting with Lane Kiffin that you are getting with a Lincoln Riley. And there's no guarantee Ole Miss wins nine games this year, not banged up like no, they no. are. They could lose to Texas A&M. They could lose to Mississippi State. They're not going to lose to Liberty. But I don't feel great about it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the thing. Godfrey I, calls me grumpy. Other people call me cynical. I just think I'm a realist. I try to look at all the bad outcomes. Yeah, I you should be because of you, because of your history as an Ole Miss fan, right? Right, like it's just like last week, you know, Ole Miss going into the Auburn game. I what did you off, say I, after I, that Memphis game that you told me? Don't worry, don't worry. What did you say the next day after Ole Miss lost? I don't remember. What did I say? Ben, you were right. You were right. <laughs> well, I know. Uh, you- and, and I remember, and I'm not right happened. very. I'm not right very much at all. I'm wrong all the time. You but when it comes to feeling gut feelings about yes. that game, yes, you had a bad feeling about that game based on another game. I don't remember what. It's game the Ole Miss was. gut feeling, and every yeah. Ole Miss fan knows that gut feeling. You've dealt with it before. You go into a weekend. I, I had it last week know. against Auburn, though, and oh, okay. I, I don't have it this week. Last week, I, I called you okay. three times, probably flip flopping. Ben, I think we're going to win. I think we're going to lose. Ultimately, my previous we, we win, I said we're going to win. You're you're going to help contribute. Is, okay, Ole Miss is going to win. Okay. Ole Miss. All right, Ole Miss okay. is going to win. But listen, here's the point. Okay. I flip-flopped a bunch of times. Ultimately, I I said I don't want to go against Matt Corral until he just stops performing. And it took a, Same thing. a second bum ankle for Same him thing. to basically – Yeah. The Same feeling for me. I don't feel me. that way about – I just don't feel that way this week. I I, I just – I feel much better about it just because of the, the level of the competition. And I also know certain Hugh Freeze tendencies. <laughs> he does show up in big games, but he also – What, uh, what know, tendencies? Been known to – He's been known to miscalculate some things, you know. Play like Robert Kimdichie playing fullback. <laughs> Laquan Treadwell passed over and over and over. Would have never worked. Sure, fourth and inches, uh, shocking handoff to one of your smallest running backs. Uh, you know, Brilliant. Getting a first down could have sealed the deal, but instead of just lining up under center and pushing it with your quarterback, you uh, – you know, you, you, you're really making a fourth and four. I mean, I've seen so many things like that from him. So, like, you know. Okay. Just there's a, there's a whole list of possibilities that could – things that could happen that would benefit Ole Miss as well. Like, you're looking at all the negatives Ole Miss-wise co- going in, but I'm also looking at the same things for Liberty going in. But don't I, I have to do that because Ole Miss fans, as they should, are excited, even though there are concerns about injuries. They believe they're better than Liberty and Ole Miss should beat the crap out of them. I don't want an upset to happen, and then the inevitable turns around on me. Oh, Ben, you said this and this. Because I get this completely. I'm not knocking it. But when things go sideways in recruiting, on the field, 
Ole Miss fans are going to try to find a place or a person in which to place their blame. That's human nature. And the only real outlet for a lot of these people. Ben? The other people. It's true. The the other beat writers, other message boards, y'all said this. Well, well, y'all can pounce on me because I I think we're going to win. I've been Go after Sudo. He said it. Go after me. I do not care one bit. I've been watching. This is what I do every week. I, I watch pretty much every game the opponent plays. Uh, just to figure out tendencies. And, you know, it's better than just looking at stats or wh- however else other people do it. So I basically watch tape. And I'm telling you, like, they look good playing the teams that they play. But, like, they're not playing teams that you're playing in the SEC or other Power Five conferences. Okay. Like, it's just – it's not it's not the same. But I'm not trying to say they're going to beat the cra- – Ole Miss is going to beat the crap out of Liberty. Sudo Upadea says, reporting yeah, – like. Uh, just that's just my view on it and I, I always look at numbers i look at like tape i look at all and based on i mean you're not always going to be right but based on all that like i think Ole Miss is going to win this game i i really do i, I do I too do i do too i'm just saying <laughs> at least put your guards up protect yourself Man, people are going to listen to this with massive anxiety there's there's so many people that are out there that probably think Ole Miss is just going to run through liberty and they're going to listen that's to this what i'm saying like, oh just God. back <laughs> off a little bit Know that it's not so, going to be easy. How about that? It's not going to be easy. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. You do see some room for them to surprise you, though, right? Like, these are yes. the games that, that, yeah, you can definitely, like like you said, maybe a freshman receiver goes in there and steps up, and it's a, it's a surprising game. Like, things yes. actually work out. But until I see know? those things, I've got to prepare for the worst of outcomes, which is what? Yeah. Hugh Freeze coming in. Why are they playing this game? <laughs> I don't know. Who was AD then? Who was uh, the AD that, that, that scheduled this? I think it was Ross. And Ross was, was Ross still here? Oh my God, Ross. Anyway, thanks for filling in, man. I appreciate you. Thanks, buddy. I, I love the uh, the little rant at the end. We, we got, you know, a little bit of pessimism, a little bit of angry Ben. <laughs> this is what I love. This is, this is what I grew up listening to on the flagship. And look at us now. Well, look, it's been a long day. The Braves won the World Series. I've been so happy for a couple of days, but then my daughter... My youngest, she's sick. I got to take her to get tested for strep or for COVID potentially. Oh, Lord. Life hits you. That's why we're late today on this Thursday. This was supposed to go up early, early, early. And here we are just now putting up a little bit after lunch here. Me and Mike Clement talked on Wednesday morning, but life hits you in the face. So I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be pessimistic. I'm just saying I hate that Ole Miss is playing Liberty, a Hugh Freeze-led Liberty. The way you feel Not, is fair, Ben. Okay. But this this is the life of an old Miss fan. You've known this for what thirty something years. Like, you know. He's right. got to roll with it, man. All right. He's Suda Upadea at Suda Upadea on Twitter. And his preview of Ole Miss Liberty will be up on the Ole Miss Spirit on Friday. Thank you, buddy. Yes, sir. Howdy toddy, Benjamin. Oh my God. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. If you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do, Leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OmSpirit.com, and for the Devon3.com, which right now, if you go and sign up for a full-year sub, it's $10, but you can get four months for $1. Going out to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to Mike Clement, Ole Miss baseball hitting coach, this is Talk of Champions. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage, but intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast come in. 
NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. Are you looking for a career change? Maybe COVID threw you for a loop. Maybe it's time that you did something else. Maybe you're just tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else. Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary. You do have to be a resident of Mississippi, but what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. Don't wait around anymore. It's time to make a change. So for more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas Chandler today directly through Facebook or his number at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Make the change. Thomas Chandler of Modern Women, the title sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Mike Clement, Ole Miss baseball hitting coach. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. I'm not doing as good as you. I don't know when this gets released to our fans, but uh, as as we're speaking, we're 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 I don't know whatever that is, 15 hours from from the Braves winning the World Series. So uh, I am a Cubs fan. So I, I five years ago, I, I know how you feel. It was a hundred years instead of whatever it is, 25 or 30 years. But uh, you got to feel pretty good this morning. How do you celebrate? Because I celebrated a little too hard. And a little too by myself, and I am hung over as we record. <laughs> well, uh, for me, it was uh, I'm an old man, so like it's hard for me to stay awake. So uh, I was more of the stay awake, text my my siblings, let's go, 
uh, and then fall asleep, get up yeah. in the morning, read all the articles on social media, all that kind of stuff. See, that's the responsible thing to do. That's what a responsible <laughs> 35-year-old would do. And what did I do? <laughs> Stayed up till 4 in the morning thinking, oh, I don't want to miss on anything, even though I'm watching the same show repeat itself over and over on MLB Network because I'm an idiot. Uh, yeah. You think well, I learned by now, man. Team one. Yeah, team, team one. They won. It's pretty surreal. How are you doing? How's the team doing? As I try to basically act good. like I'm not feeling horrible right now. <laughs> good, good. We have uh, essentially one, one week of, of fall practice left. Uh, actually, today is our last actual practice. We have three inter-squad games uh, this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, and then uh, Pizza Bowl next week on, on Friday, Although we really just kind of draft for the pizza bowl, let those guys play it out, uh, you know, at that point. And, you know, we, we kind of sit, sit back and watch. So uh, a lot of the uh, proverbial hay is in the barn, but it's been, it's been a really good fall, really good fall. Just beat Alabama in a scrimmage. What were the big takeaways from that? Yeah, I think, I think the important thing, it's, it's hard. And, and I'm going to be selfish here as, as a hitting coach, the way we format those, uh, it, Ever since we started them, I think this is the third year for the fall scrimmages. Obviously, a little heightened intensity when you're playing an SEC opponent. Um, but the way we format those things is we kind of break them down. We, we play 12 innings. It's two six-inning, quote, segments because you're not supposed to play two games, even though we clear the, uh, the scoreboard after six innings. And we, we, we kind of, from an offensive standpoint, break it down into four different segments, four three-inning segments. We flip lineups after three innings. We hit 10 guys. So uh, if I'm being completely honest, some of the frustration of that when you actually get in the game against an SEC opponent is it's hard to get a ton of rhythm and flow offensively um, when you're hitting 10 guys and you're moving guys in and out. So guys are getting one, maybe two at-bats. And then they're sitting and then uh, coming back in later and all of that. But with that said, that sounds like excuses. Uh, we actually swung the bats well, uh, hit three home runs. Uh, and those were, those were all hit by, you know, our regulars, uh, Gonzalez, McCants and Graham. And, uh, and we played well, but I think the important thing is, just because of the makeup of our team, which you and I have talked about is, is getting those pitchers out there and them facing an sec opponent, I think is, is invaluable. Just, just uh, both the returners that, you know, have had, uh, you know, maybe some uneven success in their time here in sec play. And then the new guys who we're counting on to, to kind of get into uh, you know, a battle against an sec hitter and, and, and all of that. So all in all played well, um, you know, scored more runs than them, which, you know, as a coach, you're like, oh, it's just the fall and we're going to be laid back and we're going to play everybody and all of that. Um, but let's be honest, in the three and a half hours that we played, you want to win. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. So uh, that part of it was good. Derek Diamond got the nod, the starting nod against Alabama. How did he look? And that's an encouraging sign just that he was out there and that he's been out there because there was some concern about him. So how did Derek do? What is the big takeaway as far as the coaching staff in regards to Derek? Yeah. With him specifically, I think in his three years here, uh, for, for, and this is this is me talking, this is as good as he's ever pitched. And it may not be as big a velocity as he has ever had, uh, but he has really, really pitched all fall and uh, kind of understood what he is doing. He's never been a ball thrower, 
Um, but he is the guy that's always had good stuff. He's always been athletic and he just kind of throws his stuff to the middle of the plate. And, uh, if it's good enough, it'll beat him. And if it's not gets hit around. Uh, and so sometimes the results have been uneven for, for, for Derek this fall, he has really pitched. So like he's been 90, 93, still throwing hard. Um, but he's going to command the fastball to both sides of the plate. The sliders improved. Uh, I think he's more comfortable, um, just because of experience. Uh, he's had a terrific fall. He earned, um, running out there first for us. Uh, and he's been really good. He, you know, one guy ran into a, to a hanging slider and hit a ball out of the yard on, on Saturday, but I think it's the only hit he gave up in two innings. So, um, he's been really, really good all fall long. Last time I talked to you, we're going to be jumping around today. Like I said, not feeling great this morning. I'm excited, (laughs) but really hurting. Um, but last time I talked to you, you spoke about how with hitting with the team, it's about individual players and focusing on individual things with individual guys and TJ McCants. It was more regular competitive at bats and swinging at his pitches being more patient, not expanding his own, these kind of things. He hits a home run against Alabama. So are you seeing what you want to out of a TJ McCants or individual guys as far as the plans that you've laid out for him throughout the fall? Yeah, him him in particular, I'll, I'll talk on a couple guys that, that, that are everyday type guys that, that have, I, I feel like have made good improvements this, this fall. He, he's the first one. So we don't really post our fall stats. In fact, I don't even think our players know what their fall stats are unless they're keeping track of their own. But McCants is hitting, I have the stats in front of me, 362. He leads us in home runs. He's hit six home runs in, in, in 65 plate appearances. Um, and his on-base percentage is, is over 400. So um, he's been really good that way. Uh, and and I think he's kind of coming into his own. And, um, and he's... It's 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 pretty special, and he's starting to understand what kind of hitter he is and what what, what he's got a chance to do. Um, you know, he he's he's made big strides, and I, you know, from a confidence standpoint and and where he's at, he's in a he's in a really good place. And if we can if we can keep his on base percentage over four hundred, he's he's going to steal some bases. He's going to hit balls out of the yard. He's just he's a dynamic player um, from a tools standpoint. And the, the other guy that I've been really encouraged by. Uh, mostly from a from a strike zone discipline standpoint, he's walked more than he struck out as Peyton Chatney. Um He's had he's had a great fall. He's hit over 400 and um, walked more than he struck out, and that's that that's huge for us. Um, if if those two guys, which you and I have talked about, if those two guys can um, be a little more disciplined at the plate, that means they're going to be on base a ton. And then you start talking about you know having to having to pitch to those guys, and then you got other guys coming, which which we know with you know, with Gonzo and with, with Graham and with Elko when he's healthy. Um, and that's not to, that's not to mention bench. So, uh, that, that part of it is, can be really, really scary. If those guys, if those guys are hooked up, like, like we hope they will be. Now pitching staff wise, the new guys, John Gaddis, Jack Washburn, Dylan DeLucia. Look, they're yeah. not Doug, they're not Gunner, but they're going to be the story going into the spring after the fall is over, just replacing those guys. You really like the talent. We've talked about them countless times, but as far as the fall and the work they've gotten in, are y'all pleased with it? Yeah, we are. The thing, and again, I'm probably repeating myself from the last time I was on, but the, the thing that, that's a little tougher is, like you said, it's going to, they're going to be the storyline as far as um, you know what, what are they going to look like because they're new and they have had like, I'm again, looking at the stat sheet, the first two names on the pitching 
side of it are Gaddis and Washburn. They've both had terrific falls. The thing that's probably a little unfair to them is I think all of us, you, me, everybody, all of our fans, it's kind of a wait and see deal. Now they have to be good and we need them to develop and we need them to, you know, have good falls and all of that. Um, some of it, you really don't know until bullets start flying when there's, you know, 8,500 people in the stands and, you know, we ask them to go, go stand on the bump and, and get after it out there. You know, is it, is it a guy that's going to react like Doug did? Um, where he almost gets better in that environment, or is it a guy that's, you know, react like other guys have that that we know, um, where, you know, they're, they're going to have some nerves and it's going to take a while for them to settle in over the course of the year, all of those kinds of things. So um, they've both been really good. Now, the thing I think about both Gaddis and Washburn in particular is from a mindset standpoint, I don't think those guys are scared, you know, for different reasons. Washburn is a, uh, you know, son of a big leaguer, uh, grew up in big league clubhouses and I think is, is used to that kind of environment. Gaddis is just an old guy that is super competitive. Um, I think the one place where I would compare him to Doug is just competitive nature. Um, he enjoys competition as much as anybody on, on the pitching side of things. So, uh, and he's an old guy, you know, he's a, he's a fifth year guy and he's deferring med school and, uh, wants a chance to go, to go pitch, you know, uh, late, late in the year in the postseason, And that's why he's here. And so, uh, both of those guys have some maturity as far as, as far as the game goes. So, uh, I feel pretty good about where they're at. They've had terrific falls and, uh, and, and I, I think, I think their development is right where, where it needs to be. Okay, so after the pizza bowl is over and you start doing the um, Omaha Challenge and then you're leading to the spring, what's it like for the program? What's it like after fall ball? What do you do? And then how do you get prepared and ready for the spring, all that kind of stuff? What all the players do? What's the preparation like? Yep. Um, we go back and forth on when to end our fall. And so that, that happens way back in the summer. We've, we've done it a bunch of different ways where you start fall ball early and so you have some time from, from a development standpoint or one-on-one time at the back end. But what we found, we started fall ball October 1st, so we go right up till almost Thanksgiving, like you said. And uh, the reason we do it is guys are guys are fried at the end, and so that development time isn't quite as beneficial as you know what what it, what you hope it would be. And so we push fall ball up until the week before, and then one week of Omaha Challenge, which that takes up that entire week. And then they go to Thanksgiving for a week. We give them off. They come back and it's a dead week, which we can't have anything to do with them. And then finals week and then they go home. So what's important um, is that they have a little bit of a developmental plan, which which they're really good with. And that's the fun thing about coaching at a place like this is this meaning baseball is really important to these guys. So it's, you know, we very rarely have guys that are just going to go home like I would have and eat potato chips on mom's couch and, and, and all of that. This is, this is pretty important to them. And, and, uh, they, they, they get after it. Now the hard part is you got some guys from South Florida. Then you got a guy like Calvin Harris who's from the middle of the, the snow belt in Iowa. And so, you know, the, the availability to places to work out and all of that is a little bit different from guy to guy. Um, so they're, they're going to be on their own a little bit. And then they all come back for winter intercession because the Ole Miss doesn't start school till like the 21st of January, which is, you know, less than a month from opening day. And so they all come back and take a winter intercession class, which starts on January 3rd. So they're back on campus. We can't do anything with them until the 15th, but they can use our facilities and all of that. So um, once they get back, it's on. 
um, because the season is, is starting, um, you know, mid February and, 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 and then it's, then it's go time until the end of June. So how's Tim doing? Uh, really good. So for the first time, um, last week he hit live BP. Let's so, go. let's uh, go. Yeah, he, uh, he was, uh, in, we put him in a group before the Alabama game. And so he hit pregame BP. He's been clear to do that. Um, I'll tell you what, it looked pretty good to me. Uh, balls flying out of the yard and it, granted it was just me throwing him 52 mile an hour meatballs up there, but, uh, uh, he can, he can still hit them a long way. Um, so he's in, he's in a really good place. Uh, I think he's like four and a half coming up on five months out of surgery. Um, and it, all indications from all of our medical people are that he is going to be fully cleared, uh, late December, early January. So, um, man, he's, he's in a, he's in a good spot. He's in a really good spot. His swing looks really good. I think he's, uh, I think he's still going to hit home runs. Is he the first baseman? Uh, if I had, if he were fully healthy and we're starting tomorrow, I'd say yes. Um, that, 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 that would be the, the spot for him, uh, especially early on the thing. And you know, this, that earlier in his career, he's a pretty good corner outfielder too. Um, and obviously played some third base last year. Um, but I, I think with where he's at and what he's gone through, um, at least early on, uh, that we would, that we would put him there and he's, he's pretty good over there too. And that's where the, if you are just a fan of Old Miss baseball and, and if you're thinking, let's just plug people into where they were last year, that's the, that's the easy spot to put, to put him because it's the one place where we didn't have an, we don't have an every, everyday guy back. Um, now we may, we may move some things around because some guys have had some, some really good falls, but, but the long answer to your short question is yes. I think so. Yeah. Could have just said yes, but I appreciate the long answer because I'm feeling, I could have, we're, we're trying to fill time. We are give the people stretch, stretch it. I told you (laughs) I'm going to throw some questions, very simple questions, just stretch it. And and you've done well, you've done really well. All right. One of the last things that. Not necessarily newcomers, because we've talked about them before. But Calvin Harris is one that you mentioned. We've talked about Kemp Alderman before. Any guys like that, returning guys? Because you always see one or two, maybe even three, emerge, and some of them make their way into the lineup. So have you seen guys like that have a fall that that really excites you as you turn towards the end of fall and then into the spring? Yeah, good question. I'll give you a a few guys from an offensive standpoint that that have stood out that maybe aren't a part of that core seven guys that, that everyone would expect to be in our lineup. Um, a guy who's had a terrific fall has been Van Cleave. Uh, he's hit, you know, somewhat he's, he's been over 400 for a lot of the fall. He's just had a really good approach. We've kind of, uh, asked him to, to, to revamp what he is. I probably did him a little bit of a disservice talking about him being more of a bomber type guy. And, uh, he's not very good if he's trying to hit home runs. Whereas Elko, you can ask to hey, hit a ball in the bricks and he'll hit a ball in the bricks. And, um, Ben's not that. So we've tried to make him a little more of a ball player and he has field that hits the ball the other way. He's had a good fall. The other guy that I think has stood out to us as a coaching staff is Reagan Burford, who was here last fall and then ended up going to junior college and having a great year at Northwest Florida. Well, he's back and, uh, he's been terrific and, and he gives us some real flexibility as far as, uh, positional. Uh, he can play second base. He can play third base. He could play, play an outfield spot, but like you and I have talked about before, if he's in there and let's just say he could play third base and do a good job of it. It, it gives, 
gives us some flexibility with bench because like we've talked about before, bench is probably our best defender at almost every position except for a couple of them. So, um, man, it could, it could give us some flexibility with JB. And so Burford's had, had, had a really good fall. We talked a little bit about, about, about Harris campus campus has gotten better. Um, uh, and so, you know, we got some guys and it, it's going to be a challenge for us because you got those guys who weren't quote everyday players last year. And then, Oh, by the way, you got seven or eight guys that were everyday players that, that it's, you don't really want to take a bat away from. So um, it's a good problem to have for sure. Um, but those, those are some names that have, that have been pretty productive this fall. So is Derek Diamond just going to repeat again as Omaha champ? Yeah, I would be disappointed. Uh, yeah, the, like the Vegas money is heavy. Oh, we're probably not supposed to talk about gambling. Why not? Um, but Vegas, we're money, adults. Why well, can't we talk about that? We, you and I are adults, but like, there's some, there's some deal. Like, if I go to Vegas and go to a sports book, I'm getting fired for sure. Um, oh yeah. I'm well, not we're not talking but, about it literally. Right. We're talking hey NCAA. About hey, hey Big Brother, if you're listening. Mike Clement isn't speaking literally about going to a sports book, even though he's an adult. Okay. Kids can make money off their name, image, and likeness. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so figuratively speaking, heavy, <laughs> heavy odds. Wouldn't It would almost be one of those it's not worth betting on yeah. because you would have to bet so much money to make any money on Diamond. Yeah, he's the, he's the heavy Omaha Challenge uh, favorite. I'm trying to think of the new guys. Who, who could potentially uh, challenge him. The only guy that comes to mind is a kid named Mason Nichols from Jackson Prep who got like a 36 on his ACT. Just that's incidentally oh, there. Um, I hate those but, kids. I hate them. Good at sports and uh, they make all the good grades. Oh, they... Yeah, it's a tough deal. Yeah. Tough deal. Uh, but he's a super athlete, uh, kind of cut out of the diamond mold. But yeah, I mean, diamond's going to win. Oh, it, he, unless, unless something bad happens, diamond's winning that thing. Is Diamond good at every sport he plays? One of those guys that just picks it up and he's good. Him, him and Bench like pick up a basketball, shoot yeah. it. You're like, dang, that's a pretty yeah. good shot. Go to the golf sure course. Go golf, yeah. yeah. Those those two guys are uh, almost your reaction when I talked about how smart Nichols is. Is my reaction with those mm-hmm. guys? Like you walk up into our players' lounge and they're playing ping pong and they're better than everybody. It's like, come on, that's, that's not gross. fair. That's not fair. Spread it yeah. out, God. Come on, what's up? That's not that's fair. Right. That's right. All right, so uh, I'd be remiss. Well, not really, but Ole Miss fans want to hear about it. Tywan Malone, has he done anything? Has he come over at all this fall? Guys that are going to play ball, they're playing football? Yeah, Ty, Ty has been over um, several times. It's, uh, I don't Kemp Alderman-esque power, um, but he's bigger than Kemp. Like, he looks out of place in the batter's box. Uh, just an enormous kid. He is a sweetheart, awesome kid. Um, I'm, I'm sure people haven't completely got to know him just because um, it's, he doesn't get a ton of run over there at football coming off, coming off the ACL back in January or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, it's, it's big power. And again, uh, it's hard for me to know, like it was with, with, uh, John Rice and, and Jerry and, you know, how does it play in a game? How does he take an at bat? It's, it's a little bit yet to be seen. Um, but the other two are over here a lot. Uh, in fact, Jerry's doing, uh, shoulder rehab that kept him out of baseball last year from a throwing standpoint with our trainer, Josh Porter, um, and, and looks to be getting in, in good shape. And John Rice uh, is over here all the time bugging everybody. Yes, because he's like not only a contributor, but 
the unofficial mascot for the baseball team. But Jerry on, you didn't have him last year. And had you had him, had he been healthy, he might've started game one, the season opener. And who knows what kind of season he might've had in center field. So with him, what's the plan? He is draft yeah, eligible, the, of course. So that is something you have to factor in as well. Yep. Yep. All that stuff factors in, but as far as, um, he's full go, uh, he, he's, he's going to be over here and it's, uh, it's tough for those guys cause they're all position players. And so, uh, if they were if they were just pitchers, they'd come over and throw their bullpens, and whenever they were ready, they'd be good to go. With position players, it's hard because you don't get every day at bats like our guys are getting. You know, we got as I look at the stats, like Peyton Chatagnier's got 70 plate appearances already, and that's huge. Um, that's that's huge for development. Those guys don't get that, um, but but we're gonna we're gonna give them as many at bats as we possibly can before February 19th or whenever we play. Um, in January, once they get back over here, done with the bull, whatever that looks like, we have those three weeks of inner squads and we will accelerate their, their plan. Um, and I know for sure the two older guys, John Rice and Jerry, they'll be ready to go. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll be ready. But as far as what, what the plan is for those guys is they're going to have every opportunity to win a job. And, and I think part of it for them is they bring a skill set. Obviously they're freak athletes. Everybody knows that, but they bring a skill set to our team that we don't have a ton of, you know, we really, uh, as far as like stealing bases and running well, it's McCants and bench and past that other guys probably aren't going to run a ton. Now we recruit more to hit the ball out of the yard than we do steal bases and all of that. But those guys bring a, a dynamic, you know, you look at the stat sheet from a year ago. And again, I don't have it in front of me, you know, Plumlee got 75 at bats, but he played in a ton of games just because of his skill set. And it's important, especially with the way our team is made up, because we're going to play guys, you know, we're, we're more physical than we are athletic, um, but that's by design. And, and so those guys become very, very important to us. Not that they don't have a role as a starter because they're going to get every opportunity to do that. And shoot, John Rice played in an elimination game. He started an elimination game in a regional. He started an elimination game in a super regional and got hits and was productive for us. So uh, it's not that they can't, they can't do that either. We, we, we're going to give them every opportunity. I have been covering Ole Miss sports for 13 years. I've gotten to know a lot of players, a lot of coaches, a lot of people, made a lot of friends. There's only one person I knew I could call after the Braves won the World Series. I have to keep working. I got to do my job. And that was Mike Clement, Ole Miss baseball hitting coach. And you came through in the clutch, man. Thank you. Appreciate you. <laughs> you're, you're welcome anytime, buddy. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.